Leviticus 26. Leviticus 26. We'll read one Old Testament scripture, and then we'll read one of the Psalms, and then we will try and go home. Today, we are going to read a few scriptures. I just want to encourage us with it, because I believe that this is what is happening. Amen. My short message is entitled, Make Room for the New. Make room for the new. CICC is having an experience right now because we made room for the new, isn't it? And I pray that in our families, in our homes, in our branches, in our department, we'll make room for the new. How many of you know that we normally like what is familiar? Yeah, we, we, we are comfortable with, but today the Lord is encouraging us. I'm going to read from verse 1. It says that you shall make for yourselves, I'm reading the Amplified, you shall make for yourselves no idols, nor shall you erect a graven image, pillar or obelisk, yeah, that's a word, nor shall you place any figured stone in your land to which or on which to bow down, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. So this is God's counsel to us, CICC that we shall keep the Sabbath and reverence his sanctuary. Let us not get to the place where we take the house of God for granted and take the things of God for granted. Remember, I was giving us the examples a few years ago, isn't it, when people were fighting in the foyer. I mean, they didn't even go outside onto the park or something right there, you, you know. It means there's no reverence for the house of God. Yeah, we must have a You see, it was that reverence that... When it went to one extreme, it made the church almost look dead. It's like you're in the house of God, no noise, no sound, no whatever. But that doesn't mean you reverence. You see, there's something that they call, uh, my mom used to call it, painful respect. Do you understand? It's respect that has no value. Do you understand? What did they say? Should they have to? That doesn't mean you respect. Do, do, do you get it? Valuing something is both internal and external. So when you reverence something, it doesn't, people don't have to be there for you to reverence it. It's something that you value within and treat, you know, have a, a healthy fear of the things of God and not mess around with it. You see, that healthy fear will even help you take care of yourself, that you are the temple of God, that you belong to him. So you'll be really careful what you do, how to, you say, what you say, how you represent things. You know, when you're at a workplace and you're about to manifest and remember that you're a child of God. And anything you are doing will look bad on your father, your heavenly father. It will put you in check. You understand? But you can't leave God in this room and go. Everywhere you go, you are still the temple of God. So this is a sanctuary, and you are a sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, I will give you rain in due season. And the land shall yield her increase. When I read this verse, I just remembered yesterday part of the administration, the Lord said that there was going to be rain. And this girl, this guy, this girl um, guy, she, she was way at the back. She said that she felt the rain, and so she came forward to get a little bit of the rain, and she wasn't sure what the rain would do to her. May the Lord give you rain in due season, and may your lunch yield its increase. Amen. And your threshing and the trees of the field yield their fruit. And your threshing time shall reach to the vintage, and the vintage time shall reach to the sowing time. And you shall eat your bread 
to the full and dwell in your land securely. That verse is showing that the cycle will keep going on. You will thresh and then you will have, you shall reach the vintage and then the vintage time will come and then you will sow again. So you will thresh, you will sow, you will eat, you, will, you, you get it? The cycle, it will never cease. It says that I will give peace in the land. You shall lie down and none shall fill you with dread or make you afraid. And I will clear ferocious wild beasts out of the land and no sword shall go through your land. This is the Lord speaking to us. That it doesn't matter what we are being told on the news, what Lestras is saying or not saying, what they are doing or not doing. He says that Vlad, Vlad, little Vlad, do you know little Vlad and big Vlad? Okay, big Vlad can choose what he's doing. What God will give us peace in our land. We shall lie down and we shall not be afraid. Amen. He says that, and you shall chase your enemies and they shall fall before you by the sword. And you shall chase your enemies. Some of you, your enemies are chasing you. But this is the last day. From today, you shall chase them. And they shall fall before you by the sword. Five of you shall chase a hundred. A hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. So it means that 200 CICC people can put more than 2,000 to A thousand CICC people can put a whole city to fly. Hallelujah. Your enemies shall fall before you. For I will be leaning towards you with favor. I will be leaning towards you with favor. This is what God is telling to us as a church and regard for you. Rendering you fruitful. Multiplying you. And so if somebody asks you, what's going on in your church? Tell that you read in scripture that God is making us fruitful. God is multiplying us. God is increasing us. Verse 10. And he says that you shall eat the abundant old store of produce, which has been long kept, and clear out the old to make room for the new. Somebody says, it's time to clear out. The old was not bad, but it's time to clear out and make room for the new. Reverend always uses this excuse that some of us, some of our clothes, it's time to give it away. You know, some of the, yesterday, one of the things we're talking about was the fact that Every atmosphere has a voice. Every atmosphere. When you have a cluttered atmosphere, it speaks to you. When you have a depressed, it speaks to you. So now the Lord is telling us, clear out the old. Your old thoughts. Your old thoughts of smallness. Your old thoughts of I can't do much. The old thoughts of it won't change. The old thoughts of I can't become. Clear it out and allow, make room for the new. The new experience is that God is making us contagious. The new room is that God is making us an experience, and so are you. Everything that God does in the house of God is because he's going to do it in your life. He comes to show it to you in the house of God. When we were burning CICC's mortgage, it's because God wanted you to know that you to your mortgage will be burned. If God is filling the house with his spirit, his presence, giving us a new grace, it is the same in your house, but you need to make room for it. You need to make room for it. If you are still holding on to the old, you cannot get the new. You cannot get the new. That is why some of you that you say you are broken up and you are still hanging the person's number. You still call them every other day. Hello, how are you? Checking up. No new can come. You have to let go of the old. He's an old boyfriend. He's an old girlfriend. That is an old, old one. That is why when the new come, there's not enough space for them to settle in. 
Because sometimes there are people that they are in a horrible relationship. And they are like, well, I'm used to her. I'm used to. You are used to what? Okay, I didn't say that. <laughs> she said I should tell you that you are used to nonsense. <laughs> let out, let it go. Post-COVID, there are things that we should no longer value. Because COVID taught us that when you are in your house, you must be able to have joy in your house without being able to go anywhere. There were very few of us that I know of, me, my daughter, and Sharon. We enjoyed lockdown. I don't know the rest, but for us, we realized that this was our best zone. Where we don't have to do anything, see anybody go anywhere, and we had a good excuse. Nobody will tell us that we are lying in a lateral position. In my house, when you sleep more than a few hours, they'll tell you that you're in a lateral position. <laughs> but you see, we realize that we enjoy. some of us, we cannot. Yeah. The new season we are in is that we are in a post-COVID world. The new season we are in is the fact that we have to know how to use technology very well. As for me, I don't know. We all have to learn. That's why I was excited about the QR code. In fact, when, I, when you sit on the train, you know, if you, you know, you can scan the QR code and then order your burger and your chips. No, I didn't order, order burger. I ordered salad, whatever. <laughs> the train, they don't give uh, salad. They say that it goes off. They give burgers and crisps and chocolate and then uh, Coca-Cola and then water, whatever. <laughs> Verse 11. Is somebody making room for the new? Are you clearing out the old? Old thinking, old thoughts, old, old patterns of doing things. Some of us, even in the church, we are struggling with the new patterns. Yes, the church workers have to come at 9 o'clock. Church where if you don't pray, you don't sing. We can't even appreciate the value of it. We can't go back to the old. That you are coming from home and as you come, the choir is coming up here and then you run to join them on the stage. And then, hey, where, what verse were they on? And then you catch up and then you can That is the old. That is the old. That is the old. Yeah. Very soon, you will have to go through interview to become part of the media. You have to audition for the choir. You have to audition. La, la. <laughs> Reverend. Hey, give me a sound. You people are really pushing me. I was, I've always been Reverend's first praise and worship leader for many years. But normally last to the first church member joins. And it doesn't matter who it is who joins. So long as somebody has joined, they become the prison worship leader. And the attitude he takes when he has to let me sit down. <laughs> Until the next church, then he needs me again. <laughs> then he will tell me. Before, you know, as we are praying, preparing to start the church, then he will be like, you know, I really appreciate all that you do. <laughs> you don't know. Anyway, some of you don't know, but today is Minister Michael's birthday. <laughs> Get out the old and make room for the new. Yeah. He says that, verse 11. I will set my dwelling in and among you 
and my soul shall not despise or reject or separate itself from you. He says, I will set my dwelling, wow, in and among you, and my soul shall not despise or reject or separate itself from you. That's why in Luke chapter 17, 21, it says that the kingdom of God is within you. His dwelling is in you. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. Whatever it takes for the new to come, it's already in you. It's already in you. Don't be afraid. Child of God, don't be afraid. You have to dare God. You have to dare him that I, you said you are going to do this. Do it with me also. Verse 12 says that, and I will walk in and with and among you and will be your God and you shall be my people. Somebody say, we are God's people. He says that I will walk in and among you. I'll walk in and I'll walk with you. I'll walk among you and will be your God and you shall be my people. Yeah. We are God's people. Are we perfect? No. Do we have issues? Many. Do we have setbacks? Many. But it doesn't take away from the fact that we are God's people. It doesn't take away from the fact that God is walking with us. God is in us. God dwells in us. And even in the days of adversity, even in our dark nights, even in our challenging moments, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. You see, when we celebrate a day like this, we are supposed to remember that we are never alone. We are never alone. Even when we feel lonely, I was hearing a man of God was preaching and he was, he was saying that there are married people who are much more lonelier than they were before they married. Yeah. One of the main things, because if God says that I dwell among my people, God dwells amongst us as a church, God dwells amongst us, then it means that when he comes, he has to be able to find his people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So when he comes into the place, his people must be there. I dwell in this family. Then it means that the one thing, the one thing that the family must have is that they must be united. They must be together. There must be oneness. So that if he's dwelling among them, it means they are there. They are not scattered. May CICC not scatter. May no branch scatter. May no Christian scatter. Psalm 133. One key to us remaining a contagious church, a contagious people, a contagious family. One key to keeping your family and to being blessed as a family is our unity and our harmony, our togetherness. I'm going to read the NLT and then we'll be closing. It says that how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. In unity, for harmony is as a precious, is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head. You know, the first verse says that how wonderful, how wonderful. When you say something is wonderful, it means that the thing is inspiring, is delightful. You know, it's something to be admired, something that is extremely marvelous. And and unity is being described as wonderful, as pleasant. You know, when you say something's pleasant, it means that it's something that's enjoyable. How many enjoy coming to church? Yes, how many enjoy the atmosphere that when you come to church, you find? Yeah. 
But disunity can spoil it. Disharmony can spoil it. You know, there's nothing like if Shadrach decides to play music that has no harmony. Give him volume to spoil the, the song. Is that wonderful? Is that pleasant? Now give us something wonderful and something pleasant. ICC has to be. That is how your family has to be. You have to fight for the unity. It says that for harmony is as precious as the anointing oil. Unity is as precious. When you say something is precious, it means that the thing has value. It's a valued commodity. It's not easy to find a united group of people. It's not easy to find a united family. Having to realize that there's always some one person in the family who wants to always cause issues and bring problems. Having you realize your one auntie who is the one that all oh, your, your parents and they try and do, they are not sure whether to invite her for the uh, anniversary, for the wedding. They are not sure. They send her the invite in a way that she can, so that she'll refuse, so that she won't be there. Because when she comes... That one auntie, that one auntie, that one auntie. When you read, when you go home, read Romans 12 from verse 3 to 10. It really tells us that though we are many, yet we are one body, isn't it? And all of us have value and we cannot do without each other. Yeah, we are individual parts of one body. And each one brings something. And all of us, whatever we bring to the table, let us use it with humility. Amen. Yes. And let love, brotherly love, always continue. Because unity is a precious ointment. It says that for how many is as precious as the anointing oil, unity is being equated to anointing. They are trying to find something to, you know, measure it with. And they are talking about anointing. It means that where if we want to see greater anointing, we have to have stronger unity. That's why the devil fights unity. When you have a friendship group that is tight, they will send one person to come and create chaos. And you will come to realize that that person... That is an anointing they carry. And when they spoil that friendship, they'll go and find another one to go, to, to go and spoil. Do you see that they go from church to church? And then when they destroy the church, and then they'll say, my work here is done. And then they go. But we will give them no place in this house. May God not use me. May God not use you to bring this unity. Verse 3, it says the harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon. That falls on the mountains of Zion. 
And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life forevermore. Unity is being described as refreshing. When you say something is refreshing, it means that it's something that cools you down. Something that brings a sense of rest. Something that refreshes, it means that it brings strength. You know that when there is summer and you get a cold bottle of, you know, ice, half frozen, Coke Zero, not Coke. <laughs> and you drink it, you have a sense of refreshing. A sense of refreshing. And it compares it to the dew on Mount Hermon. And it compares it to the... Uh, uh, who's hungry? And it compares it to the dew on Mount Hermon and the dew that falls from Mount Zion. And I was meditating on this and I realized that, you know, when you research on Mount Hermon, it talks about the very high mountains and some theologians equate it to the high mountain on which the transfiguration took place. And then when we think about Mount Zion, Mount Zion is described as God's dwelling place. Psalm 74 verse 2, the Bible says that, Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, the tribe of your inheritance, which you have redeemed. This Mount Zion, where you have dwelt. Amen. Isaiah 8 verse 18 says that, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders in Israel from the lords of hosts who dwell on Mount Zion. So it means that just as keeping unity will bring the manifestation of God, just as just unity alone, if we can stay united as a church, if you can stay united with a family, if you can stay united, some of you, the friends you have, you need them, not just for this season. Don't let anything destroy that friendship. And you yourself, don't become a destroyer of friendships. Don't become a destroyer of churches. Don't become a destroyer of chapels or whatever. Don't become, don't become one that God can, uh, the devil can easily use. Rather, let God use you. Let God use you. Let God use you. And the end says that for there the Lord commands his blessing. It means that unity triggers blessings. Unity triggers blessings. May the unity in this house trigger great blessings for us. Great blessings for our families. Great blessings for our families. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, verse 19, it says that, Behold, I do it. Let's read from verse 18. Rise up onto your feet. Forget the former things. I'm going to read the NIV. Do not dwell on the past. Verse 19. Some, tell somebody, forget the former things. Tell the person, forget the things of old. Forget the pain of old. Forget the discouragement of old. Forget the failures of old. Forget the challenges of old. From this moment forward, see what the Lord is doing. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Can you not see it? Can you not sense it? Can you not feel it? I am even making a way for you in the wilderness. Even where there seems to be no way. When the Lord is doing a new thing, he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Lift up your voice and just begin to pray.